Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. We're so blessed, aren't we? Um, in so many ways, and, and yet we are not settling. Um, we are believing that there is more uh, in the years to come as well. So um, just a few practical things before I, uh, I get into my word for this morning that I have on my heart. Um, just in relation to mercy offering, um, for those of you that don't know, um, we, in years gone by, certainly last year, we, would, we did every month um, a mercy offering where we would highlight a particular area that we just wanted to sow into. Sometimes that was youth, sometimes it was you know, Christmas outreaches, all sorts of things. Now, coming in Jan, in, in, from 2018 onwards, we've putting a pause on mercy offerings. And I wanted to tell you, because I know that some of you do save up and, and put money aside for that when it comes. But um, what we are planning um, is, is after Easter this year is to, to launch a, a little bit of a different uh, take on, on mercy offerings, as it were, a way that we can really believe and believe big things so into um, outreach and various things. And we'll be sharing more of that um, after Easter. So if you, if you are wondering, if we're not having mercy offerings, that's the reason um, we do have something exciting uh, that we want to share, um, is going to be shared across both campuses after uh, Easter time. It is, it's in April, isn't it? After Easter. Great. So uh, this morning we are... are um, just a once-off sermon this morning where I'm going to be sharing into the topic of vision. In particular, vision for your life. Say vision for my life. So we talk a lot about vision. Um, Basically, the definition of vision is a picture of a preferred future or a picture of success or what you want to achieve. You probably know a guy called Walt Disney, don't you? Um, one of the um, wonderful visionaries um, in our world. Uh, Walt Disney uh, dreamed up this idea um, of Walt Disney World. And although he got to see Disneyland in California, he never actually uh, got to see Walt Disney World. It opened on, uh, on the 1st of October 1971, um, and he died before it ever happened. And um, one of the crowd, apparently Mrs. Disney, who, who outlived her husband by, by many years, was at the opening, and, and somebody said to her, isn't it a shame, isn't it a shame that your husband couldn't live to see this? And apparently her response was, he did see it. That's why it's here. A man with, vision, with such vision, Walt Disney had a clear picture of what he wanted to achieve. And although he never saw it completed, he put a plan in place which brought it to a reality. He had vision for his future. You see, a strong vision can be very, very powerful. And Walt Disney is a wonderful example of that, a legacy that he left that still continues to this day. You see, in church, we do talk about vision. Uh, In Arena Church, we, we, we have a vision and we talk about that. You probably find in your workplace uh, that your company has a vision statement of some, some sort. Perhaps even your school or your place of study has a vision statement. It's, it's what places do these days. And it is a healthy thing. But today we're not talking about Arena's vision. Today we're talking about vision for your lives. Individually. You see, God has a vision for your life. Do you believe that? 
God has a vision for your life. You see, it's a vision that you need to seek out for your life. It's a vision that he wants to share with you and, and he wants to speak to you and, and, and open that, uh, reveal that to you. And here's the thing. That's not something you get through the pastor. You see, there's some vision that we provide in church and we have a responsibility to provide vision for the corporate, the church. But there's a difference. For your life, God wants to reveal the vision for your life to you individually. Because here's the thing. In the Old Testament, you used to have priests. You used to have judges. You used to have prophets who would hear from God and then would deliver to the people the word of God. But today, we believe in something different. We live in the New Testament, as it were, where we believe in the priesthood of all believers. So in other words, you don't need to go through your pastor, your minister, your priest, whoever, to hear from God. You are a priest yourself. You have this communication that you can have with God where He can speak vision into your life for your circumstances, for your lives. You can have vision for your life. God wants to communicate directly through you to show you the vision that he has for your life. You see, us as pastors, Ephesians 4, 11 verse 12 says that um, teachers and pastors amongst others, the fivefold gifts, were given to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So I'm here to equip you, help you, encourage you, and, 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 and cheer you on. But you need to hear from God directly for the vision in your life. And so, yes, um, the Bible says a lot uh, about vision. Um, the Bible says a lot about direction for our lives. And, and we're going to dig into that a little bit today. Um, Proverbs 16 verse 9 says this. We can make our own plans. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So you see vision for your life. If you're a Christian here today and you love Jesus, you know what? The vision that you have for your life has to be rooted in God. The vision for your life has to come from God. God is central uh, to our plans, our vision, and our picture of our future. Proverbs 29:18 is a verse that's spoken much um, about when speaking about vision. Um, and I'm actually reading from the New International Version. It says this, where there is no revelation, now some versions say vision, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. So whether your version, I think New King James Version says, what uses the word vision, which is great, but I like the New International Version because it says revelation. And it's talking about revelation from God. So it's talking about the fact that vision is not only an idea that you have in your own mind that comes from you. It's revelation from God. You see, the power of vision is when it comes from God, it's revealed, and God is behind the vision. In fact, there's an implication in that scripture that God is behind it. You see, for us as Christians, I believe on two levels God wants us to have vision. He wants you to have vision for what you can accomplish. But he also wants you to have vision for what he wants you to become. You see, God does want us to accomplish things. That's why he's, he's left us here on earth. He wants us to do great things for his glory. 
But he also wants us to become somebody better for him. He wants us to grow. And I, I, I look at the, the children of Israel when they came out of slavery in Egypt. You guys probably know the story so well where God had promised them this wonderful land and, and, and he brought them out of slavery in Egypt and not too distant of a journey to the promised land. But you know what? That journey took 40 years because God was, yes, interested in them achieving. He was interested in them um, getting that, that accomplishment of the promised land. But he's also interested in who they were becoming. He was interested in that relationship that with him that needed to be refined, that needed to go through those 40 years in the desert, um, that, 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 that time of just honing, maturing, and becoming the people that he wanted them to become. You see, God sometimes does um, take us through seasons like that because he's interested in a vision for what he wants to accomplish. But not the quick fix, not the shortcut. He wants us also to, to mature and become who he wants us to become. And I just want to look this morning really quickly. Um, uh, you know, I know we, we're at um, 20 past already, and I'm not going to be long today. But I just wanted to share a few thoughts um, from, from the life of a, a, a really powerful ca- character called Nehemiah, who was a man of such vision. A man of wonderful vision and, and his life and that book of Nehemiah can speak into so many areas, into leadership and into all sorts of things. But I just want to focus this morning for a moment on, on Nehemiah and his vision and take a few pointers from, from this story. So if you don't know the situation, I'll, I'll summarize really briefly. The people of Israel were in exile. Um, there was a, a remnant that had, had, had stayed behind in, in their homeland in Jerusalem. And, and Nehemiah was one of those Israelites that had gone into exile. Um, and he was a, a, a cupbearer um, in, in the king's palace. And he had some reports coming back to him about the state of Jerusalem, the state of disrepair that the city was in, uh, the, just the, the, the state of desperation that the people were in. And what it did is it it just broke his heart. And so he turned to God in prayer and he started planning. And and God started to give him this vision of how things could change for Israel, for Jerusalem. As I said, he was was a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes at the time. So he had this unique opportunity to gain access to the king that perhaps others didn't. And he clearly had a plan and he clearly had the gifting to carry out what God had planned. You see, Nehemiah had this picture, this God-given picture, this God-given vision of how he could make a difference. And, and you know, we, we can so easily, I think when we speak about this topic of vision, it can, it can be a bit overwhelming sometimes. Because we're thinking, okay, God has this perfect vision for my life. And how do I figure it out? How do I figure out where all the pieces go? Does anyone feel like that sometimes? Yeah? Heads nodding. You see, I, I was going to... I had this idea in my head when I was preparing to, 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 to bring a Rubik's Cube. Because I know our kids have one. But the kids, 
I looked for that Rubik's Cube everywhere, and I, I, I couldn't find it. So you're going to have to work with me on this, right? Imagine. Use that imagination of a Rubik's Cube. So you see, when I was a kid, I had a Rubik's Cube. And my dad gave it to me without the instructions. And, and so I looked at this Rubik's Cube, and it was just overwhelming to me. I knew that I, it was possible, and I tried to figure it out, but it was just overwhelming. I mean, how do you ever figure that thing out? And, and I think that's sometimes how we can feel like God's will or God's vision for our life is a little bit of a puzzle. It's just overwhelming. It's, it's confusing. How do I get all the pieces together? But you know what? With that Rubik's Cube, I, I eventually got, I think my dad just held them back on purpose, and he eventually gave me the, the instructions. He gave me the guidance on, on how to do the Rubik's Cube, and it's not actually that hard. So I figured it out, and then um, as, as a teenager, because you've got nothing better to do, and um, I used to try to do that, and I got it down to about a minute, I think. I could do the Rubik's Cube. You could muddle it up. Whatever you could do, I would do it in a minute because I, I was that good at it. Now, I've lost it now. I'm actually glad I don't have it because, because you guys would say, okay, show me. I've, I've forgotten. I've forgotten. But the point is, with the instructions, with some guidance, it was possible to figure out that puzzle. And you know what? I believe God doesn't leave us alone. He's, he, he doesn't leave us alone to figure out this overwhelming puzzle of what God's vision for us, us in our life. He helps us along the way. And just a few things that I want to share from the life of Nehemiah uh, this morning I, that will, I, I think will help us find God's vision for our, life, for our lives. And the first thing is this, that what's in your heart? What's in your heart? You see, Nehemiah had a heart for his people. He had a heart and his heart broke when he heard of, of, of what was going on in his homeland. His, his hometown, Jerusalem, his home people were in disarray. He had a heart to help. You see, Psalm 37 says this. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And there's something in that when we take delight in God, that the desires in our heart become godly and that God, because our, our, our hearts are after God, those desires, those things that we have in our heart that are so dear to us often become a big part of the vision that God has for our lives. Some of you have a heart for teaching, heart for, for teaching kids, or um, some of you have a heart for caring for the, for the less fortunate. Because you just, your, your heart breaks for them. That's part of the vision. What is your heart for? Nehemiah was, was a great example. He was passionate about his people, caring uh, for his people. And those in Jerusalem, he wept. The Bible says he wept. He poured out his, his, his heart to God for them. What's in your heart? Because that's a clue to God's vision for your life. What are your circumstances? What are your opportunities? You see, Nehemiah's opportunities and circumstances were that he was placed by God in a location that enabled him to make a difference. A huge part of your vision can be, where has God placed you right now? What opportunities do you have? 
What doors has God opened for you? Has he placed you in a workplace where, where he just wants you to have vision for to be a light shining in that place because he's placed you there for a reason? What's in your heart? What are your circumstances? What are your opportunities? But also what are your abilities and what is your gifting? You see, this is a huge part of what God has created us to be. In Nehemiah's case, when we read on in the rest of, of the book, and I, I would encourage you to read the whole of Nehemiah if you get a chance, he was clearly very able. He was clearly a leader. He was clearly a man of, of great ability to organize. And so he had this gifting. He had this ability to, to be the man who could step in, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I always, I love the story of, of Eric Little. Scotland's got a special heart, part in our, in our, in our, of our heart anyway. All three kids uh, born there. And obviously Eric Little, this famous Scotsman from Chariots of Fire, he said this. He said, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And I love that quote. I love that quote because it's not about standing up. It's not about being the pastor or preaching as the pinnacle. If you become, you know, get to the level of Billy Graham or whatever. But, but Eric Little ran fast. And that's what God created. That was his ability. That was his gifting. And he wanted to use that. That was his vision to do what he could do with the gifting and ability that God had given him. What is your ability and what is your gifting? Because these all give clues as to what God's vision is for your life. The other thing I want to say is, I know I've given an example of Walt Disney World, but you know, let's not despise the day of small beginnings. Let's not despise the fact that we, we, we may start small, vision may be small at first and then grow and grow from there. You know that Walt Disney didn't have that vision initially to, to open Walt Disney World. He started out just him and a friend making cartoons, just the two of them, and it, he had a vision to do that and then he accomplished that and it started going to the next thing, going to the next thing. So looking at Walt Disney World, we can sometimes get overwhelmed. None of us are going to do that, are we? But we can make a difference. We can have a vision based on where we're at. What, of our, what are our circumstances based on our heart and based on the God-given abilities and giftings that we have? Psalm 37, 23 to 24 says this, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. And that's just such an encouraging verse for me. Because when we delight in God, we start small. We have our setbacks. But we know God is ordering our steps. That he's with us. But the second thing I want to say is that we need to, we need to yes, we need to find our vision um, with these things that we've learned from the, the book of Nehemiah. But we also need to take steps of faith. You see, Nehemiah is a great example of this. He knows, he knew that his God was the God of the impossible. He knew that his God was a big God. And though he was small and insignificant, just a cupbearer, Nehemiah took the bold step of going into the king's presence and, 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 and believing God that he was going to get an opening to speak in front of the king. He may have been in, in, his, in his presence all the time, but he, he, he didn't have the permission to speak. 
but it talks about how he went in downcast into the, the king's presence. And the king noticed, what's wrong, Nehemiah? I've never seen you sad before. Um, what, what's going wrong? What's happening? And, and Nehemiah took that opportunity to say, how can I be happy when the walls of my city are, are, are lie in ruin, when my people are, 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 are desperate? How can I be? And, and the king said, well, what can I do? And the doors started to open. What, well, what, what can I do? And so the king gave this opportunity to him and he said, well, send me to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Can I tell you, this is no small thing for a cupbearer to have an audience with the king, to make such a big request of him, to send him back. The king then asked him, how long will it take? So he set a time. Nehemiah then went boldly on and said, he asked for letters to the governors to provide him safe passage. He asked for a letter to the keeper of the royal park to provide him with timber for rebuilding the walls. He made some audacious, faith-filled requests from the king. And the king answered, and God softened the king's heart. You see, we do need to take steps of faith. We do need to take risks when it comes to God's vision for our life. Because God is reliable. He'll come through. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. God is pleased by faithful steps. God is pleased when we take risks, when we step out for Him. When He's given us a vision and we say, you know what, I'm going to be bold. I may fall on my face, but you know what, God, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to believe that you're going to be with me. Rather than sitting back and playing safe. Have a faith-filled vision for your life of what you can become with God. He believes in you. You need to believe in yourselves as well. We need to believe in ourselves. So take steps of faith. But also, what he did is he planned and he implemented. You see, we can have vision. We can, we can make great declarations. But then we need to plan and implement that vision in our lives. Nehemiah was a great example of this. In fact, right at the beginning, um, he'd already thought it through. The king asked, how long do you need? He said, this is how long I need. What do you need? This is what I need. If you read through the story, he went and he surveyed the situation. He scouted. He made a plan. He gathered the people, he delegated, he had strategy, plans, and he walked forward. Ecclesiastes 5, 7 says this, Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. So dreams are great, vision is great, but if we're not, take, if we're not taking the practical steps, you're just staying in the same place all the time, nothing's going to change. So we need to plan and we need to implement but the other thing that I love about Nehemiah is that the hardship and the opposition that he encountered, because the vision was so clear, the hardship and the opposition that he faced, he was able to push through that. He was able to repel that. The story tells us about Sanballat and Tobiah, two men who came and, and at first when they were starting to rebuild the wall, uh, gathering the people. At first they started to ridicule and, 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 and just, you know, 
speak negative words. But eventually it became a threat of violence. And so the men were actually scared for their own well-being. And while they were building the wall, so they had to set up armed men to, to defend and all of these things. And, you know, it would have been easy for him if he didn't have that clear vision, that God-given vision, at that point to step back. And let's be practical, guys. Let's be practical. We all come against these things. Can I say, if you are following God's given vision for your life, you will face opposition. You will face discouragements. It's going to happen. But when we're clear about what God wants us to do, we push through that. We say, you know what? It's hard going. I know I'm going to come through the other side. I'm not going to stop halfway, God. I'm going to continue. We push through when we've got vision. You see, without vision, we just take the route of least resistance. You know, there's so many of us, and, and I've done that for many years, where I've just taken the route of least, least resistance through life. Ran away from what God's called us to do. But when we have a clear vision, we say, you know what? I'm going to push through. He didn't let, Nehemiah didn't let it halt the, the progress. When we have a compelling vision, then we stick to it. Hmm. You see, all of us are dreamers. All of us have that ability to see vision with our eyes, our natural eyes. But all of us have that ability within our hearts to, vision, to have vision for the future. We all have the ability to hear from God for that vision, for Him to direct us. We all have the ability to dream. We all created that way in God's image. But there's some of us today that haven't quite discovered that yet. We're still playing around with that Rubik's Cube. How it's going to work out. You know, God gives us direction. Just a few pointers that I've, I've shared from the book of Nehemiah. Let me encourage you to just immerse yourself in the word of God. Immerse yourself in the word. There's so much more that just speaks about vision that can speak into the, the word of God is alive. It can speak into your life. Seek him to discover that purpose. Can I just say to you as well, you know, we, we're here to help you as a church. If you don't know what your purpose is, well, you know, I would encourage you to come along to our next growth track when we have that. Because it's a great opportunity to just learn a little bit about the church, but also to discover your purpose and find out how you can make a difference. Because we're passionate about that. It's not just about Arena today. You see, I want to inspire you guys to become to better employees, better parents, better um, business owners. Whatever your area may be, better carers, better bankers, better mums, dads. We have vision in Arena, but forget about it for a moment. God wants you to have a vision for your life, for that to take on the fullness of what He intends for you. And I pray and I hope that, that, that the church is a part of it. We believe that. But God wants to speak to you directly. I said some of us haven't discovered our vision, but there's also some of us that have. And there's some of us that need to take steps of faith. Yeah? Some of us know exactly what God's called us to. But we've maybe run away from that or it just seems too hard. God says, I want you to take steps of faith. I'll back you up. 
Some of us just need to put a plan in place. Some of us need to write it down and start saying, well, this is where I have a vision that this is where I'll be in three years' time. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to start to make plans. How can I become that person that God wants me to become? How can I achieve what God wants me to achieve? Write it down. Make plans like Nehemiah did. And there's some of us that just need to push through the pain. You see, as I said, when God reveals his vision for your life, there's going to become opposition. I don't want to depress you because God is with us. Greater is he that is in us than is he that is in the world. We're always overcomers with him. But that doesn't mean it's all plain sailing. It doesn't mean us. he puts us in a glass bubble that nothing can touch us. Things happen, but God wants you to push through. Do not be discouraged. Do not give up. Keep at it. He's revealed his vision for you. And he wants you to push through.